my grandmother ended up passing away during um, the pandemic. And until she passed away, I don't even think I fully grasped how much healing I had done and what I had learned so that when I needed to heal from something, I was able to do that immediately. Hello, and welcome to Healing Trauma Mamas. I'm your host, Madon Wingo. Thank you for joining us as we share in our stories and experiences of healing from childhood traumas and birth traumas. Listen as we discuss our struggles, our failures, our strengths and our victories, and all those lessons we've learned along the way. Hello, Healing Trauma Mamas listeners. Today, joining me on the podcast is Christy. Hi, Christy. Hi. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Um, Would you mind introducing yourself to the listeners? Sure. Um, My name is Christy Ryan, um, and I'm here in Abilene. Um, I'm a licensed massage therapist and um, a mother of two um, lovely teenagers. Um, That's a little bit about me. All right. Thank you. So you're actually here in Texas like me. Yes. So uh, just kind of a bring about what, uh, you know, you and I had had a conversation a a while back about some different things that being a mom and a massage therapist, and you also um, do some other specialized work and how that can kind of be tweaked for women who have had trauma or men who have had trauma and how that kind of is reflected in the work you do and how it can help in the healing process. Want to share a little bit about your personal story? Just kind of maybe how you got into your work? Um, yeah, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm naturally drawn to um, serving um, and helping other people. Um, and um, when I, I always joke with people that I had my early midlife crisis, because um, I feel it's a little too early for a midlife crisis. And um, when I was deciding um, what direction I wanted to go, um, massage just was naturally something that I was drawn to. One, because I um, received massage for you know a long time before becoming one, um, but it's a service oriented and um, it's really brought out more of a healing aspect um, that I didn't know was embedded in me within that service kind of um, forward attitude. So, um, but yeah, and so then um, I, so I got into massage and, you know, I tell people um, I like to be an athlete, but my body doesn't agree with me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I understand. So, And it was massage that that helped me be able to do, I mean, I am seriously the most accident prone person. And so massage kept me injury free or reduced my injuries. Or if I did injure myself, it got me where I wanted to do, you know, back to where I wanted to be. So, um, so it was just a natural progression. Um, and, um, so yeah. And so now, um, so then, you know, you go to massage school and, you know, my school tried to prepare us for the emotional roller coaster that is massage school. But I think a natural thing is like, oh yeah, yeah, 
you know, you kind of downplay, you're like, oh, you know, it can't be that bad. Um, But there is this healing aspect, even in the most basic form of massage or Swedish massage. um, There's a healing that's happening. It's not just taking away the soreness of your muscles. There's so much more that we do as massage therapists, which is often unknown and very overlooked. Um, Well, anytime you're for one, touching somebody else, or even just being close one-on-one, there is a a very deep connection that can happen there. And you have this vulnerable opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, you know, there is, um, there, there's a vulnerability, there's an intimacy to it. And, um, and that can be felt, you know, before the hands are even put on um, your client's um, that's felt. And then once, once the touch is made, then that's intensified and so many things can happen. And, you know, talking about healing, um, we heal the body, right? We, a lot of people come to us because they're injured or they're sore. So we do that sort of healing, but there's a deeper healing that takes place for people. Um, you know, I first experienced a deeper healing when I was in massage school. Um, and then I was able, that was where I was able to see it for myself, for my classmates. And then beyond there, you know, I see it regularly and we're trained on it. Um, going into it because you have to be, it's, it's such an intimate process that takes place. And when somebody comes in, it's like an iceberg. We only know the tip of the iceberg mm-hmm. you know, we're dealing with, you know, and so anything can happen um, in a massage. And so we have to be prepared for that and being out in practice, um, you do, you, you know, do, you do see things, things do come up. Um, and so for a lot of people, you know, there's, there's healing from the touch, but there's emotional healing that happens as well. And so it's, it's awesome. It's, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing that somebody, um, you know, chooses me that I get to be in that space and I get to help facilitate that. So, Mm. um, so that's a really awesome aspect of what I do. I'd say probably even just stepping into the room and even just the start of taking a deep breath. I mean, it it starts just right there. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I make sure when I go into the room every time, I make sure that I'm fully grounded um, because whatever I bring into that room, it's going to be projected onto that other person, Mm. whoever I'm with. And if they're in a place where they're needing additional healing, I have to make sure that that's what I'm giving off as well, is that I'm a, I'm a person to help facilitate that. How do you think that you've kind of maybe fine tuned that um, intuition that you have to be able to tune into what's going on with other people? Um, You know, some of it is, is asking questions. Um, You know, whenever you come in for a massage, there's a, you know, consultation, um, depending on if you're new or, or re you know, reoccurring, um, client, it might be, depends on, you know, the length. Um, so, you know, that's always, um, an important part to kind of see, um, what's there. Um, but from there it's, you know, there's small things like body language and, you know, training, um, and experience quite honestly. Um, when you're, when you encounter something, um, to know, hey, you know what, I've come across this before. And does this present as something um, that I know or, or I don't know? 
Um, and a lot of times there's, so there's a, there's an emotion, there's an energy aspect um, to massage. And I'm so thankful for the training that I received in energy work because I don't come from a family who um, would talk about that, or that's not something that was in my life growing up. So that aspect, um, sometimes it sounds a little woo woo. So it does. It sounds a little woo woo. Totally, totally woo woo. Um, but, <laughs> um, but you know, sometimes it's just um, reading that energy, um, and it's kind of like you know, I tell people like not to get so caught up in everything. We, we, a lot of times the common term for it is vibes, right? What are we feeling when we, yeah, you know, like I got good vibes from that or bad vibes from that. It's really that energy that we're giving off. Um, and so, so there's, you know, there's a vibe. And, um, so we did training and learning to trust yourself really, um, is a big part for me and saying, you know, when I feel something, um, sometimes that includes asking questions. Um, but sometimes it's just, you know, trusting myself and my training and then acting upon that and then seeing where the results take me. So there's a few different things, um, that I rely on for that. And then, you know, the practice and experience, the more that things you do something and you get a result, um, it makes you more confident in, in what you're doing. Yeah, I'd say in any career, you know, as you as you progress and you learn and you you hone your craft better, that that just is a natural progression. Um, when you so you mentioned in massage school that you had kind of a big um, healing aspect happen for your, yourself personally. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I so my grandfather had passed away a few years before going and, um, like maybe about two years. And, um, when my grandfather passed away, um, I threw myself into work and I thought, you know, it took, I, I seriously took maybe three days off from work. Um, maybe with the weekend, it was five days. And, and that's what I gave myself as a grieving period. And I felt like I had to stay busy um, to take my mind off of it. And, um, I felt like if I did that, then I would heal right in time. I would, and really didn't allow myself to go through the full grieving process, but I did a very good job of, you know, throwing myself into work. Um, and so as time went on and as I felt, um, like I was past the grieving point, Um, I was like, okay, you know, I'm doing okay. That was the right thing. You know, I kept myself busy and positive things. Um, and then massage school decided that, um, it was going to teach me a lesson that all I did was suppress my feelings and I didn't in fact heal from them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they, they have talked about how, you know, some of us or most of us will, um, have um, emotional responses as we go through school. And that's part of our training too. Um, when I do something on somebody, I've had it done to me. So I know what it feels like. Um, and so those of us that do have emotional responses, 
not only do we get to witness it in other people that have it in class, but when we witness, when we go through that emotional response, then we too kind of know the process of kind of what happens. Um, and so we were actually, um, this was during our cranial sacral, uh, which is something that um, I practice. And um, I, so a classmate was working on me and all of a sudden feelings of my grandfather came up and I just started crying uncontrollably. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't, it wasn't, a, um, you know, the, the process of that happening was pretty quick. It, it's not like it was building over, you know, an hour and at the end of the hour, you know, it came on pretty quickly. And I, again, I, I, I tend to be a suppressor. So, um, I'm, I'm crying and then I'm like, Oh my goodness, why am I crying? And, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm trying to stop. <laughs> and that's, that's, what's crazy about these emotional responses when the healing process happens, um, you know, things are going to come out. And so I was not in control. And so I had to leave the class and yeah, now looking back, I can't remember. I mean, I, I feel like I cried the whole rest of the day, which is not true, but, um, to me, it seemed like an eternity. And, um, you know, I, I even got to a point where I thought I was ready to come back in. And then as soon as, you know, the touch took place, I was crying again. Um, and so what that really taught me when I left the class and I sat down, I was like, okay, this is something that came up. Um, and then it forced me to have to sit with that and to really begin the true healing process. Hmm. What did I need to do? Obviously what I did did not work, <laughs> um, throwing myself into my job that did not work. Um, and so all over again, I had to start that whole process again and really sit with my feelings and work through them. Um, and work through them entirely um, because it was just going to come up again um, if I didn't work through them. Um, That's so, the hard work, though. I think it's it's pretty common for people with different traumas to suppress it. And then it just like what happened with you, that it would pop up seemingly out of nowhere, although, you know, it was obviously a response. Um, and then we try so hard to maybe deal with that for the second, but still suppress it and not set with it and not try to heal through it. Yes. Yes. So that was something, um, you know, as a suppressor, that's the first thing you want to do, right. Mm -hmm. Um, is you want to resuppress that. And yeah, I mean, seemingly it seemed like it came out of nowhere, but my body was saying, this is your time. We're going to deal with this now. Um, <clears throat> and so even just that little bit of, okay, I think I'm ready to go and going back in and having to leave the class again, that was like, no, no, Christine, you know, that this is the time. And, um, if you keep suppressing, it's going to keep coming back. Um, so it was either do the work at this point, um, or, you know, have this, have this haunt you. Um, and it was a really great experience to be able to do that. Because, you know, at my disposal, I had the massage to help me work through it. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not like I was doing it on my own. And that, that's comforting. Because um, a lot of times when we're healing, we don't know who to turn to or where to turn to. Um, 
And And at the time, these were your colleagues or your fellow students that you were working with, right? Absolutely. And, you know, when you're in school for massage, I mean, you become really close with those. And so we're like a little community. And so it was nice to have that because we all supported one another through the different responses that we would have. And so you have this safe space. um, And then the, the, just the healing aspect of massage. Um, but then the bigger lesson there too, was by working through that, I was able to see what works for me. Um, and my grandmother ended up passing away during, um, the pandemic and until she passed away, I, don't even think I fully grasped how much healing I had done and what I had learned so that when I needed to heal from something, I was able to do that immediately. And so when my grandmother passed away, um, a few years later, um, that hit me even harder because now, you know, I lost my grandfather, then I lost my grandmother and, Um, and I was super close with them. We had a very special bond. And so, and in the last couple of years of my grandma's life, we bonded even more. Um, and so as much as I thought that I couldn't feel the loss that I did when I lost my grandfather, I felt it even more with my grandmother. And, um, but I knew what I needed to do. And I was able to do that. And massage, believe it or not, is something that I use for myself. So the first thing I did, um, you know, I was struggling the first couple of days and I was calling all my friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do any of you guys have last minute openings? Um, because I knew what massage could do for me. It had helped me work through it once. I knew it would do it again. And that massage that I got, um, it was the most physically painful massage I've ever had. Mm. And I kept, you know, I went in there and I told her what kind of pressure I like. And I just was on her table. I didn't cry, but I was on her table and I kept having to ask her to go lighter and lighter and lighter. And finally I stopped asking her to go lighter because as a therapist, I know I'm like, what is she's not, what is she going to do pretty soon? She's, you know, she's not even going to be able to touch me. Um, I'm so sensitive. And I contemplated stopping the massage and thinking I wasn't ready for it. And finally, I just said, you know what? Um, Just, just be quiet and be here. And it was painful physically. But afterwards, again, it was that, it was that healing that took place. I I wasn't sore. None of that was there. Hmm. And it was just another form of healing through a different form of massage. It wasn't cranial sacral this time, but in that moment, that's what I needed. The, because I, I was taking care of my grandma physically before she passed away. So when she passed, there was a sense of relief 
of not being on call along with the sadness and the grief that you feel of losing somebody and somebody that's close to you. And I think that that's what that massage was about was what I was feeling, the relief and the grief. And my body was trying to reconcile these two opposite feelings. And it was, it was painful. So it was, that was the manifestation of what I was feeling. And I needed to sit in that. I couldn't run away. If I had stopped the massage, I would have been running away. Mm-hmm. And maybe I could have gone back to it. But the peace and the relief that I felt afterwards, I knew that was the right thing to do. And I don't necessarily advocate that people should go through a painful massage. But for myself, that's what I needed. And um, and that wasn't the only aspect of healing. But it was a good reminder for me to slow down and make sure that I didn't do the same things over by trying to stay busy and suppress the feelings and just reminding myself, you need to sit with these feelings and they're going to be hard and it's going to be okay. In the end, you're going to work through these and you'll be able to release them at some time. And I can see that that process while painful it was very liberating to be able to feel that and go through it immediately rather than it having to come up at another time. So, yeah, that's great. Well, you mentioned something uh, along their craniosacral work. Would you mind explaining to the listeners what exactly that is? Yeah. So craniosacral is um, a gentle touch um, form of, massage. Um, it's even considered by some, some to be energy work. Um, I personally think it's a mixture of energy and touch. Um, but basically what it does is it uses the fluids inside of our body, um, to help the body realign itself from the inside and to work through things from the inside, um, because we all have fluids within our body. And um, these fluids aid us in a lot of things when we hurt ourselves and we get inflammation. That's the fluids from inside of us. Um, and it's a natural healing response. Um, and so we, with our low touch, I mean, you're using five milligrams of pressure or less. Um, and you make, you know, we're like a facilitator. Um, And so we help to facilitate these changes from within. Um, And there's just, there's some amazing things. Um, I I think that because it does combine the touch with the energy work, um, I feel like the results um, are almost greater sometimes um, because there's a little bit more of that um, that energy aspect that a lot of us aren't thinking about when we're going in for a massage. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I've seen, um, I've seen amazing things at the most basic level. I always tell people, if we do some cranial sacral, you're going to sleep better than you ever have, um, in at least a long time, maybe even ever. And I don't think I've had a single person who's come back and said that they didn't sleep great the night that they had cranial sacral, but beyond that, um, like I said, you know, that's where I first had my first emotional release. 
Um, I've used it um, on other people and I've seen um, releases happen. Um, I mean, I even do cranial sacral on infants. That's what I was about to say. You can do it from any age, right? Any, that's what's great about it is because the touch is so gentle, you can do it on any age. And recently I've been working on um, a four month old baby and it has been so amazing to see on this little being what we've been able to accomplish. Um, and so it's the first time I've done cranial sacral on an infant and, um, and so it, it, it's been so cool. It's just been awesome. And his mom will, will report back to me, um, what happened, you know, like, oh, we saw this after we saw you or after this, he was doing this. Um, and so it's super awesome. And it's so cool because, you know, they're young and you always worry, um, you know, I've done, I've done youth massage, but, um, on a baby, they can't communicate. So I always know that I'm in a good space with the cranial sacral because it's so tender. And even on the other side of the spectrum, if I had somebody who was more advanced in years, I again would not be worried. Um, because the touch is just so gentle. I know that anybody could benefit from it. Well, it's something that, um, through, you know, I'm in my third year of midwifery school and in all the birth world, it's talked about so often for mamas and for babies that they just need to go get some craniosacral work done. You know, I've heard it helps so much with bowel issues, with tongue tie issues, with just, um, um, head of like, uh, head issues where I've, I've seen a baby who was probably very asynclitic, um, when it was in the pelvis or beforehand, and just really had that head in a different position, but then having the craniosacral work done, um, in the first week or two of life really just helped them so much to just, um, not be in pain and, and to, to be more relaxed and more content and, and I've seen that with moms too, that have, that have gone, it's just, I'm so thankful that you're in our area now, um, that I can send mamas to, because we haven't had anybody in, in our West Texas area that I'm aware of practicing craniosacral work. And it's, is it, is there a way to find out, um, like, is there a, some type of directory or something to find, oh. um, yes, there is. So when you're, when you're looking, um, depending on how somebody lists themselves or their business, um, usually if they practice something like as a therapist, if I'm creating a website, um, I'm going to put the modalities that I use. Um, and so, um, you can, um, so just a simple Google search, um, cranial sacral, uh, therapist near me. And as long as they have it on there, they can, um, they can easily search it and find who practices. And you are right. Um, um, as far as I'm aware, um, the only people who practice cranial sacral are um, physical therapists, um, except for me um, in the West Texas area. So, yeah. And that's the, the difference between with the physical therapist is that you generally have to have some type of physician's um, referral to get into physical therapy where if you're going to a massage therapist, you can just schedule the appointment yourself. Exactly. Yes. We're very accessible, um, because referrals are not needed. So it is an avenue, um, that for some people they can get in sooner. Um, 
And that's a really great thing. And plus, you know, if they're doing something with their doctor or physical therapist or anything like that, we can complement that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so sometimes, you know, why not add in something extra that's beneficial and healing? Well, I was thinking um, when you were talking about both the just massage therapy and the craniosacral work that I know they sometimes for women, especially women who have had previous sexual trauma, that the thought of going to a massage therapist is so unappealing just because of the intimacy that we talked about and because of, you know, the being alone with somebody in a room who's touching you. What advice could you give to any mamas out there that are experiencing or have experienced that in the past, but know that this type of therapy could be helpful for them? Like what steps could they take that maybe would help so that the therapist understands, you know, what's going on with them, but also so that they can make that step to, to go in that direction? Um, well, I think there's a few things. Um, I think that um, they should definitely do their research on um, whoever they choose to be um, their, you know, provider of the service. Um, so, you know, check out their websites, check out reviews, um, see what clients have said, past clients have said. Um, start there, of course, um, and make sure you choose somebody with a good professional reputation. Um, and then secondly, um, I would say during the consultation, um, that's your time to ask questions of the therapist. Um, you're, it's not just one-sided. So if there's anything that you want to ask about or any kind of accommodations, um, that's definitely your time to do that. So maybe beforehand, think about, um, you know, the things that would trigger you, um, or trigger a reaction, um, and bring those up and discuss them with your therapist, um, once you've chosen one. Um, and then, you know, always be, you're your own best advocate. So, um, if you, if you, um, are aware of something and you feel comfortable bringing it up, um, then absolutely do so. Um, and that can start a conversation. I've had, as a therapist, I've had wonderful conversations with people and I've had conversations have opened up um, that I wouldn't think would happen, right? Um, and there's just, there's just too many to maybe narrow down to one, but um, yeah, I've got a lot of examples of that. And so, um, so yeah, so discussing it, um, asking questions, um, asking for accommodations, if there's something like, you know, maybe, um, you know, asking like, because it is intimate and, um, you know, asking like, do I have to take off my clothes? Can I leave them on? Um, you know, will, will I be ex exposed? How much of my body is exposed during this? Whenever I have somebody, especially if they, if they've never had a massage before, I like to give them a more in-depth look at what a massage looks like. Um, because <clears throat> even without 
any known traumas, um, massage can be daunting because of the intimacy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I like to let people know, hey, this is how the massage is going to go. And this is what I'm going to do. You know, this is what you can expect. Um, And so if you already know that there's something that you're dealing with, um, it's totally okay to, um, you know, discuss that. Um, so asking questions and asking for accommodations, that's another thing that I would definitely say, um, and, and to not be afraid to ask, Hey, you know, what is this massage going to look like? Or do I have to do that? Or do I have to do this? Um, cause yeah, they're still in control the whole time, right? If at any point they say stop, then we're stopping or we're calling it. And that was the next thing that I was just going to say. You're absolutely right. I tell people, especially their first time, you are in control of this massage. So if there is something that you don't like that I do, please let me know. Um, if for any reason something comes up, um, you're in control and you can stop it at any time. We can change our course or we can stop it. And I think that's what a lot of people um, don't know. They think that the massage therapist is in control, but honestly, we're just, we're just the one with the training, mm-hmm. but the person on the table is fully in control of their session. So if you come in and you say, you know, um, can you not work on, you know, my right leg? Okay. Then any massage therapist should and will, um, avoid that, you know, that right leg or whatever it may be. Um, <clears throat> so yeah. Um, like I tell people I'm, I'm a massage therapist, but I generally don't like my face touched. Mm. Um, so all my friends, if they work on me, they don't have not to touch my face. <laughs> um, and it's, it's not a trauma thing. It's just my skin sensitive. Um, so that's something I always tell somebody. So if I go to somebody new, I'm like, Hey, you know, make sure you don't touch my face. So, um, <clears throat> so yeah, I mean, you can, you can definitely ask for those. And so the goal of the massage is to make you feel as comfortable as possible. Yeah. And so we want to respect, we know that the whole world out there is a lot of stuff going on. And, um, so we know that, and we want to honor where you're at and what your needs are at all times. Thank you for that. Well, do you have any advice that you'd like to to give any of the listeners that are thinking about stepping out and maybe some other modalities that might be beneficial for their healing process? I'm just such a huge advocate of what I do. So if you've been thinking about it or um, you've heard about it and you don't know and you don't know about it, um, take that leap and just go out there and try it. I mean, by, you know, listening to this podcast, hopefully that they can get a couple, you know, learn a couple things like, oh, okay, so I can ask this or I can do this. Um, and, um, but, but just try it because you never know what could come about. Um, there's so much healing um, that can take place. And I would say, you know, one of the cool things about massages, you don't have to talk, mm-hmm. right? So I don't have to know your whole story if you don't want to tell me it and we can still facilitate that healing. Um, Sometimes, you know, in a massage, you're face down and then you're face up. Um, You know, sometimes 
I don't know that somebody's crying if they're face down, right? If it, it and so I don't even always have to see your emotional response um, for that to take place, and that healing can still happen. So, um, so yeah, just just be bold and give it a try, um, and and just see where it goes. And and if massage isn't it, um, you know, just taking that first step, whatever it is towards your healing. Yeah, continue just, pursuing it. Cause it's Absolutely. worth, it's worth pursuing for sure. <clears throat> well, I'm a huge advocate myself. I used to be one of uh, those people that would just get a massage maybe once a year, if that, and then it always like, well, at some point, if I'm hurting real bad, then I'll schedule it. But I've gotten to now where I'm just like, well, nope, it's two weeks. I need to go schedule my massage or I haven't yeah. scheduled one for this month yet. Um, so I'm, I'm a huge advocate myself and, and. I think I did feel the same way that you're talking about for people who had never done it before or who had trauma and they weren't sure what to say or what questions to ask. Um, I was that way in the beginning and I wasn't sure, do I leave my underwear on? Do I not? You know, those types of things. And I didn't really step out to ask the questions until I got to know um, the massage therapist better. So uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you. Just step out and, and ask the questions. Let them know your comfort zone. And um, don't be afraid to try it. And also don't be afraid like if you think that this massage therapist is going to be really good for you, but maybe it wasn't as good as you had hoped or you two didn't click too well. Or, you know, it was good, but you've don't be afraid to try some other massage therapists because I do feel like I've used lots of different massage therapists and each one has had a special gifting for different areas. Um, I would agree with that too. Um, we, we have, um, you know, different strengths and weaknesses and mm -hmm. that comes out in our practice. And um, it doesn't mean that any one therapist is better than the other, but depending right. on where you're at in your journey, like you said, you've been able to take away certain things from certain therapists. So, um, and we as therapists, we don't get offended. Um, people, I, I know I used to be this kind of person. I would feel, and whether it's your therapist or your, your hairstylist, you know, sometimes we're, we're like, Oh, you know, I'm cheating on my hairstylist or whatever. Um, but us as therapists, we, we understand, we get that. And, you know, a lot of us acknowledge, Hey, this person's really good at this. You should try them out. Um, and so, yeah, if, if, if something doesn't feel right for whatever reason, and, or it's not what you expected, keep trying, keep trying. Yeah. I, I know there's a, I've had one that I'm like, Oh, she always goes to the right spot. You know, like she's able to get that knot in my neck that I always have or whatever. But then I know there's a, another one that I've used before that I'm like, Oh my word. Like always, always dur during those massages, it's so, it's so prayerful and purposeful. And I can just feel like the energy work that's happening. And it's just, it's amazing to see all these different giftings that each one of you have. And that I, I, I definitely feel like, like being a massage therapist is a calling similar to like midwifery is a calling. Like you have to be called into that work because it's like we said, very intimate work and you have to be very knowledgeable and in tune with what's going on with your client. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would, I would say, I would say massage therapy chose me for sure. Mm, that's usually how it goes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing with our listeners. I'm just so encouraged and, and looking forward to my next massage for sure. Well, thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. May you be encouraged and strengthened by what you've heard today. Remember, you are dearly loved by your creator, so be who he created you to be. May you go in peace, friends. Till next time. Shalom. Shalom.